Hello and welcome back to Crawford Insights, the podcast where we take a recent post from the Crawford Investment Council blog and dive just a little bit deeper with the author. I'm your host, Tom Bueller, Portfolio Manager here at Crawford, and today we'll be discussing investing successfully in a world of uncertainty with our guest, John Crawford IV, who heads our institutional business and heads up our equity research team. Thanks for joining us, John. Thanks for having me, Tom. We'll be talking about uncertainty, and these days it seems to be lurking around every corner. Fortunately, at Crawford, we've had success dealing with uncertainty in the past, and I'm sure our listeners will enjoy hearing your thoughts on the topic. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it. Well, great. We'll jump right in and cover a few topics. We're going to focus most of our discussion on the recent piece, Investing Successfully in a World of Uncertainty, but we also have some other articles coming out soon on related topics. Why have we decided to focus our attention on this topic right now? Well, Tom, there's a number of aspects of the investment environment that have become less clear, and seemingly this has occurred all at once. Whether you're talking about inflation, the changes in Fed policy, interest rates, not to mention the war and all the supply chain issues, which have become very prevalent. We got a pandemic still going on in Asia, and all of these are creating questions in investors' minds and leading to volatility and turbulence in the markets. So, you know, there's a quote at the beginning of the article that says, investors are confronting one of the most uncertain periods in their lifetimes. Stocks are rallying anyway. How is that happening? I mean, with such uncertainty out there and the old adage that the market dislikes uncertainty, how is it possible that stocks have been going up? First of all, that headline's a couple weeks old. So (laughs) just with a lot of the news, it may be out of date now. But the market did rally in the last couple weeks of March. It had a pretty strong recovery from the downturn it experienced earlier in the first quarter. Part of this was in anticipation of better earnings reports, which we're receiving now. And also, I think just sentiment had gotten really low and a lot of the uncertainties had been pretty well discounted by the market. So most of the recovery has been in anticipation of better earnings and, in fact, better earnings as we've seen those reports come in with a few notable exceptions. Great. So there's always some amount of uncertainty in the world. Is there any way to avoid it completely? No, there's really not. And so investing is about the future. The future is unknown and nobody really has a crystal ball. So you can't avoid the risk of uncertainty. You just have to try to manage that risk as best you can. And so how do you think the best way to manage that is? What have investors been able to do in the past? Well, I think different investors handle it in different ways, but at Crawford Investment Council, we believe that embracing the reality of uncertainty is the best way to address this. So our philosophy and process fully acknowledges that we can't predict the future with any degree of accuracy. We therefore focus on more predictable, consistent businesses to invest in. And these consistent, predictable businesses are ultimately higher quality companies because they have strong balance sheets, consistent earnings, and high returns. And so really, quality is the way to get around uncertainty. More predictable businesses tend to narrow the range of potential outcomes and improves our likelihood of success. And so our answer is quality. So if high quality companies are the best way to reduce uncertainty, why don't we just buy the ones that have been able to deliver results right in line with management's guidance and own them forever? Well, we do like to buy stocks that deliver good results, but we're also price sensitive investors, which means we're value oriented. We believe that the price you pay for any investment will be a significant influence on the realized return. And so We try to live at the intersection of quality and value, which 
really helps reduce some of the uncertainty and provide a more consistent, stable pattern of return. In addition to owning high-quality stocks, historically we've seen high-quality bonds and cash be good ways to combat uncertainty. However, in the high inflationary environment we're in right now, they have not really given investors much benefit on that front. Why is that? Well, interest rates are rising for a couple of reasons. One, because inflation's running hotter and because the Fed has indicated a change in their policy. And this is really happening all over the world. But with rates rising, bond prices are actually declining. And so the typical negative correlation that bonds have provided with stocks in periods of stress or uncertainty has not occurred this time around. So do high quality bonds and some amount of cash still have a role in portfolios? We would say absolutely they do. They may not be as negatively correlated to stocks in a high inflation environment, but they're still going to provide some preservation of capital. They're going to insulate investors from uncertainty. And so depending on individual objectives and needs, we certainly think these asset categories still have a role in portfolios. Yeah, that makes sense. So we've talked about an environment where those high quality bonds don't necessarily provide the same protection against uncertainty that they have in the past. What are investors supposed to do in the current environment? Well, higher inflation is generally not something that's good for stocks or bonds. And it's pretty hard to benefit from higher inflation. So what I think what you try to do is protect against it. And so some of the ways you can protect against it are by owning companies that have less debt. Lower leverage means your interest costs are reduced. And so in a period of rising rates, you have less detrimental impact from a higher interest expense there. Certain sectors of the market benefit from higher rates within their businesses and their profitability. For example, banks typically experience higher net interest margins when interest rates go up. And so banks are considered a somewhat of an inflation beneficiary. We can also look for businesses that have strong brands and pricing power. And then lastly, value-oriented stocks tend to do better than growth stocks in periods of higher inflation. But generally speaking, inflation is not a great environment to invest in. So we just try to protect against that. Yep, that all makes sense. Earlier, you mentioned owning more consistent, predictable businesses. They give us a more stable pattern of returns. Why is that so important for investors? Well, we've written some other articles on the pattern of returns and There is a pretty high degree of cyclicality associated with investment returns. Over the long term, stocks pay you 10 to 12 percent, but over any decade, they can be significantly above or significantly below that level. And so the market doesn't pay you when you need to be paid. It pays you when it wants to pay you, so to speak. And that can create dislocations between spending needs and realized returns. And so that pattern of returns that is more predictable and consistent with high quality stocks, it helps investors sustain themselves and their spending needs through periods of lower returns from the overall market and reduces the likelihood of impairment of capital, increases the likelihood of success and raises the terminal value over time. One of the interesting things you wrote about in the article was the idea of generating positive alpha, and you actually referred to it as the holy grail of investing. Can you spend a little bit of time just explaining exactly what alpha is and why investors should be seeking it out? Yeah, it's a little technical, but alpha is really the component of the capital asset pricing model that modern portfolio theory is based upon. And so this alpha is the excess return component of the formula, and it 
takes into account the amount of risk that's assumed in earning that return. So through our quality bias, Crawford portfolios carry less risk than the market averages and most of our peers for that matter. Yet the historical pattern of our results is meaningfully higher than the risk level would imply. So we've consistently performed well ahead of what you would expect given our low volatility and the way all that's defined by both modern portfolio theory and the capital asset pricing model. So we're not always the highest returning manager in a robust return environment, but over a full market cycle, we think our strategies outpunch their weight in terms of total return relative to the risk taken. We're very proud of this, and it shows up in meaningfully positive alpha figures over time. So on this topic of the holy grail of investing, you know, a lot of investors don't want to bother trying to find that holy grail because it's incredibly difficult to do. Their approach is to simply index and take the market return. We've taken a different approach to that and think that we can offer something maybe better or at least different than the market. How have we been able to do that? So we've been able to do that by maintaining a dramatically lower risk profile compared to the benchmarks and relative to our peers. We've also been able to maintain a consistent exposure to higher quality companies where you have dividends coming in consistently. Those dividends in many cases are rising year in and year out. And so because our portfolios carry less risk than the market averages, yet because our returns are over a full cycle are pretty consistent with the market averages, that's leading to the excess return or alpha. So said another way, as defined by the capital asset pricing model equation, at Crawford Investment Council, we've consistently performed well ahead of what you would expect given our low volatility. Yeah, that makes sense. Does generating good returns always lead to successful outcomes for investors? It's a good place to start, but... <laughs> that's true. I, I think that not necessarily, and it depends on portfolio needs. You want to be sure your investment program is aligned with your underlying goals and objectives. And so I would say generally that's the case, but you can paint a scenario where the volatility of a portfolio is higher than the investor's risk tolerance. They might abandon the strategy or the pattern of returns, again, might be inconsistent with how their spending is lining up. And this can lead to permanent loss of capital and impairment of values. And so I think you need to earn good returns, but also have a smoother pattern of returns. And that's where Crawford really has added value over time. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, John, this certainly has been an interesting discussion. Thanks again for coming on and sharing your thoughts. That's our show for today. If you haven't already done so, be sure to check out John's article, Investing Successfully in a World of Uncertainty, on our website at insights.crawfordinvestment.com forward slash perspectives. Subscribe to the Perspectives blog while you're there and be sure to join us for another episode next month.